Ahoy there, matey. Welcome aboard the world of boating. Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. The radio show devoted exclusively to the boating lifestyle. You're going to need a bigger boat. Brought to you by worldofboating.com, your internet portal for the boating enthusiast. I was just looking in to buy a boat of my own. Call World of Boating toll-free now at 1-888-28-BOAT. That's 1-888-828-BOAT. And welcome. This is the World of Boating. Greg, your first mate, Captain Patrick, Mike the Mariner. We're uh, rounding out the crew as we navigate the latest boating news and information today. All right. So, uh, yeah, we're missing some of our crew members uh, today, but that's okay. Uh, we'll, uh, we still have a full crew, very capable crew. Yeah. I, I think uh, this might be uh, the A-team. We can talk smack since they're not here, right, Patrick? <laughs> right. What do you think, Patrick? Captain Patrick says no, Mike. I'm sorry, but uh, no, I'm with you. Don't, don't say anything about anyone that you wouldn't be willing to say to their face. Okay, I, I think we are the A team. I would say that to their face. Yes, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I thought you were well, looking for more of a disparaging. Uh, <laughs> we're not. I'm not trash talking. I'm just talking the truth. Truth matters here at the World of Boating. All right, uh, we have a special guest. We're going to talk about marine surveyors, why you need them, and we're going to talk with one of them that you've worked with, I guess. Right, Patrick? Uh, I did. um, Used to? No. uh, We, we, unfortunately, in manufacturing, um, as rare as it may happen, um, there occasionally, rarely, Mm-hmm. are accidents that happen during uh, transport of boats. Okay. Uh, especially oversized loads and stuff like that. Yeah. Because there's a lot of drivers out there that they don't pay any attention to the to the oversized load banners, the flashing mm-hmm. lights, the escort yeah. trucks. Right. I could tell you stories for days on end, um, but I'm not going to do that because uh, you told me not to. So True. Um, so what does that have to do with a marine surveyor? If you would let me get there. Okay, go. I'm hurry. I'm waiting. You know, Good it's, Lord, it's, let's it's, go. It's an hour-long show, Greg. <laughs> I could do this in like 30 seconds, or I could draw it out for a segment. No. You know, when you're making that, that motion to me during you the break. You got 15 seconds now. Go. Okay. So there was a load of three boats uh, mm-hmm. that had departed the factory a couple months ago that, unfortunately, um, the load was involved in an accident. and He said load. See, this is why. This is why. Go ahead. Just keep going. Come on. <laughs> and that necessitate, uh, bought about the insurance company having a marine surveyor come to the factory to inspect um, these three boats to determine um, their status, if you will. Oh, okay. Um, and th- these were brand new boats being delivered to individuals? Wow. So he was inspecting them to make sure they would be okay for delivery? No. Uh, because they are uh, two of them were total losses mm-hmm. just due to the nature of the damage it's not something that a that a manufacturer is going to go and repair right the damage was such that it would have meant a new hull a new deck um 
it, it just gets too involved, so you leave it up to the insurance company, but the insurance company isn't equipped to come in there with one of their adjusters and look at it mm-hmm. because it's kind of a specialized product. So they call in a marine surveyor, and that's how I met uh, Matt Knoll from Knoll Marine Services. Okay. So in talking that's with That's way him, over 30 seconds. In talking with him, <laughs> and, and as we've been talking about for the, the last several months, you know, um, the importance of having a marine surveyor, why it's important, the risk you run in, in not hiring one to inspect the uh, vessel that you're interested in purchasing, and some of the things that he may that he's seen um, during uh, his time in the business that, you know, look, these are the risks that you run by not doing this. You, mm-hmm. if, you're, if you're willing to gamble, you know, then, then don't do it, but you know, a prudent, you know, uh, potential buyer is going to go and have a marine, and then it's finding the right marine surveyor, because there are varying degrees of services or competency uh, that you'll encounter, and what you should look for with a qualified, competent marine surveyor, because you're you're about to make you're about to purchase something that you don't need. You know, a boat isn't a need for most people. You know, it's a want, mm-hmm. and that's money that, you know, could be tied up, spent elsewhere, so you're going to make this investment, and you want to make sure, especially with a pre-owned boat, that you, when you put it in the water, uh, it's not that you're not going to have issues, because it, you could have a marine surveyor, to, and a week later, a bilge pump stops working. That's not the marine surveyor's fault. Right. I mean, if you have a surveyor or not, trust me, Captain Patrick has issues. You know, what we're really looking for is, you know, structural integrity. Um, are all systems compliant? Mm-hmm. Have any modifications been made? Right. That we had that story a few weeks about, ago about the guy who just bought a boat from this guy over at Merritt Island and was out fueling it, and the boat blew up at the dock. Turns out that the previous, the previous, previous owner had modified the fuel system on the boat, which is a no no. You know, so there are things right. that. I've been in boats where I found cotter pin. I found galvanized nails in place of cotter pins. I mm-hmm. found acorn nuts in place of uh, shrink uh, <laughs> butt connectors. Yeah, you, know, you like laying down in the bilge. You know, I found untreated plywood, not even glassed, just like you liquid nail put between it and the transom, and that that was the transom replacement. You know, on an yeah. inboard outboard, and and a lot of people they they go in there they don't know what it is they're looking at what they see mm-hmm. is i can buy this 25 foot boat for seven grand what a deal mm-hmm. bargain right. so <laughs> that's what we want to talk with matt about okay. and a lot of our listeners are probably already aware, aware of this but some of them may not be and there's a trend of course in the industry uh over the last several years of buyers of new boats having um surveys done before they take delivery of a new boat from a builder and why why that may be important as well yeah i i could uh i could tell you a couple of stories where that would have been a benefit and uh i'm a poster boy for you know having issues with uh boats uh post-purchase uh even the boat i have now i had some pretty substantial problems with it after i took delivery and i had it surveyed um there were things that probably uh, might not have been visible during the survey. I had a problem with the exhaust system. Uh, one of the one of the silencers uh, uh, came apart, 
Um, but those are things you can't visually see. It's, you can't tell that it's about to happen, but uh, there are certainly some things in the boat's systems that were uncovered during the survey, a couple of electrical issues. Um, uh, one of the uh, dripless shafts had a drip. <laughs> you know, there's a couple, a couple of things that, that popped up in it, but uh, was your boat, my dad's, does your boat use, uh, does your boat use those uh, tides, Marine shaft seals, the blue tubes? Yes. Okay. And yes. Were you able to? Were they able to address that uh, drip at the dripless packing? Because I got, I got a, I got a great way to do that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll, we'll go offline. You can give me a secret on that, huh? I'll tell you right now. Yeah, it's, please it's, tell, sure, tell okay. me it involves it, butt connectors. No, it, it's <laughs> I've I've encountered those back when we were doing V drives, and you know the tides marine shaft seals. Those are awesome. Um, uh-huh. But occasionally, I'd encounter one that was dripping and. What I found is by loosening up the hose clamps and then mm-hmm. rotating that hose and then reseating it and tightening those hose clamps back down, oftentimes, I'd say probably about 85 to 90% of the time, took care of the leak hmm. just by reseating that hose because it, it tends to develop. It compresses over time, develops a little yeah. bit of a memory. So kind of loosening that up, t- I mean, the hose clamps loose, loose. And then yeah. sometimes it's a little bit of a challenge to get in there, depending on the boat, and get your hands on that that uh, that hose and rotate it, and not just back and forth, you know, five ten degrees. I'm talking about spin that thing, and mm-hmm. it any any uh, schmutz that could have gotten in there that may be causing an issue, um, and right. any compression there with that hose, it gives a chance to kind of reseat, and then you tighten up the clamps and. Uh, very rarely have I had to go in and I found a failure with those, with those shaft seals. Those were, those yeah. are really, that's a stout product. Yeah. All yeah. Right. Well, well, we were talking uh, a few minutes ago about, um, surveys on new vessels. My dad bought a new vessel about, uh, five years ago and, um, after delivery, had a lot of problems with things like debris in the bilge, blocking the bilge pumps and all sorts of things. And it was all you know, insulation, shavings, and all, all stuff from production that, that just got stuck in the bottom of the hull. Yeah, and I mean, ended up in the bilge because the you know the boat when it's when it's manufactured. And I've encountered this when I was delivering fifty two fifty threes that you know we're we're trucking it a thousand miles two thousand miles whatever it is and then i'd wind up with the ac unit that was having an issue and find all kinds of construction debris in there it's not that they left it it's just during transport it fell in and now it's created a problem you got to get it cleaned out well we'll see if our marine surveyor has encountered that as uh, well that's coming up next on the world of boating you're listening to the world of boating radio network Hosting a radio show about scuba diving and boating is one of the best gigs on the planet. It's actually part of my job to check out and report on cool new products I personally use to enhance my diving and boating adventures. However, I do believe in sharing the joy, and this is why we've added Nanook protective hard cases to our list of products you can now purchase on the merchandise page at scubaradio.com. Nanook cases are designed to protect the most sensitive equipment in the harshest environments. Underwater photographers, listen up. From their high-impact NK 
resin to their exclusive Power Claw latches. Nanook has raised the bar for those of you that demand the best protection for your gear. Plus, Nanook protective cases cost less than similar products currently on the market. The company has been around for over 15 years, but it's new to the U.S., so we've made a small number of Nanook cases available exclusively for you at a special introductory price on the merchandise page at scubaradio.com. Go there now and check out Nanook, the evolution of protection. Be an explorer in the other two-thirds of your world. Be the buddy who takes the kids in the aquarium instead of just to it. Be adventurous. Be amazed. Be a diver. Even Keatley wasn't ready for me or anything that followed. Chased by a police department led by his ex-girlfriend and hunted by brain-fork-wielding Fijian assassins, it's everything he can do to keep from getting locked up, killed, or worse. Kava Screw is available as an ebook for $2.99 at Amazon.com. Kava Screw. Put a brain fork in him. He's done. successfully navigated the sea of commerce and now are clear to cruise with the world of boating i do like the one the radio show devoted exclusively to the boating lifestyle the sun the sea air good friends brought to you by worldofboating.com your internet portal for the boating enthusiast i used to have a boat you did yeah she was pretty damn sweet man i love that boat so why'd you lose it? sometimes the things we love aren't long for this world burn Especially when your alcoholic ex-wife gets drunk and falls overboard and drowns. This is the World of Boating. Greg, your first mate, Captain Patrick, Mike the Mariner, rounded out the crew today as we navigate the latest aviator boating news. There could be some aviation news in there. It could be left over from the Just Plain Radio show. You're fired. From what? <laughs> I don't think that's accurate. I don't think that's accurate at all. Uh, Matthew Knoll is our guest. He is a marine surveyor. He is. And friend of Captain Patrick. Well, friend would be a kind term, <laughs> acquaintance. Oh. Yeah, uh, you just uh, consider him acquaintance. Sorry about that, Matthew. <laughs> but welcome, acquaintance. I regardless. Mean, it's not like we How are you guys out. doing? We're good. We're good. So, uh, you know, thanks for taking the time to be on the World of Boating. Um, so, we were just talking a little bit about what uh, marine surveyors do here in the previous segment. And uh, you do this 24-7, I guess. You're off on the weekends, or you got to do some... Uh, surveying even today what do you think i did some report writing today and then i'm now i'm playing with my boat so i can try and go fishing there but you first go. i have to fix my own boat priorities i like it yeah gotta have some downtime gotta have some play time uh for sure as well so uh one of the questions we were talking about how important is it to get a marine survey on your boat 
uh, used versus new? Is it equally as important, or would you say it's not quite as uh, necessary for a new boat? What do you think, Matthew? Um, I would say it's a little bit less necessary on a new boat, depending on the where you're buying the new boat from. If you're buying it from a reputable dealer with a good dealer network, mm-hmm. um, you may have problems, and certainly a marine survey may alleviate some of those problems before you take delivery of your new boat. But you c- hopefully, in either case, you're falling back on that dealer and their network to resolve those problems. So, you know, if they're if they're a good dealer, skipping the survey, you may be okay. But, you know, if you're buying a boat and you expect to blast off to the Bahamas right away, a marine survey could help uh, identify some problems with that new boat to save you those warranty trips and, you know, callbacks from the dealer and the various vendors. Right. Oh, yeah, Matt, we, we've talked uh, over the past, well, really number of years, but most recently, last several months, we were talking about this one incident over in Merritt Island, Florida, where this customer bought a boat, uh, used boat, and was fueling it up. And of course, the, the what we would hope wouldn't happen, but it happened, which is the boat blew up. And it turns out that two owners previous had modified the fuel system, uh, which is a which was a, you know not to spec and shouldn't have been done, and is what ultimately caused the issue. And in doing a marine survey on a used vessel, what? Our customers, what should they expect from a marine survey on a used boat? Well, they should expect to highlight some some obvious uh, dangers and hazards, such as the fuel system being modified, uh, also structural defects. If you're doing a pre-purchase survey, you should find out what equipment is or is not working at that moment. Um and, and hopefully, in, in a lot of cases, you identify some real obvious things that you know people who just buy boats uh, kind of skip <clears> over. And I've I've done three boats this year where the basic sea trial, merely running the engines at wide open throttle on three separate boats, each resulted in uh, an engine failure or or some obvious defects. The last one was just an was an exhaust leak. Um, but the owner was on board and he would have never, or the buyer, I should say, was on board and he would have never have noticed that exhaust leak. Uh, we ran it at full throttle and, you know, probably if they had ran it on less than full throttle, nobody would have noticed until one day they either got some, uh, carbon monoxide poisoning or eventually the bad smell of the diesel fumes in the cabin just caught up from them. But at wide open throttle, it was plainly obvious. Um, and, and these are kind of, it forces you to go through the boat more thoroughly. Yeah, the, um, the wide open throttle thing, I actually had a couple calls in the past several months from customers looking at pre-owned boats, and the the owner refused to let them do a wide open throttle test, and they're like, well, what do you think? I said, I, I wouldn't buy the boat. Uh, they yeah. said, well, it'll harm the engine. I said, absolutely not. The boats are designed to be run wide open throttle. There's a difference between putting it in the water and putting it in gear and putting a load on it and wide open throttle versus it's on a hose. You know, and you're putting it in throttle only, you know, and taking it up to 5,800 RPM for 15 minutes. You know, we don't, we don't want to do that, but you got to put a load on it. And that, right. that, if you've got a, an owner that is, hey, yeah, just kind of baby it, that's, that's probably a, a warning sign, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, in one of the cases, it was a trawler and the owner had been babying it. I don't possibly for, for years. I mean, I think it had been babied for a long time. We ran it to wide open throttle. We had a mechanic on board for, for that part of the survey. 
and it had a visible head gasket leak. And the owner admitted he had never, in all his years of owning this trawler, running at wide open throttle. I huh. suspect the head gasket leak had been there for a long time, and at low RPMs, it it didn't materialize in any in any large large enough. He he didn't use it enough, and it didn't show itself obviously enough. And if a new owner bought it and ran the boat a little bit harder and cruised on over the Bahamas, he'd soon find himself without power. Now, hmm. I, I've encountered marine surveyors. They strictly do marine surveys on boats. They they never put them in the water. They're in a boatyard somewhere. That's how they do them. That's a no-no. Well, you know, yeah. w- with a marine survey, like like any, it's a service business. And you get what you pay for, and you need to know what you're asking for, the person getting the survey. So I've certainly done my share of surveys of boat in a cradle out of the water, specifically that they were asked for they wanted an appraisal for a bank loan the guy was buying it regardless of what i told him he needed a number for a bank loan okay no problem we go look at the boat we assess it you know it's a xyz boat with this make model and we assign a value to it and it facilitates his loan that's an appraisal it's, it's really not a survey right um and so it, it you got to know what you're asking for and a lot of people shop for surveys just based on price and uh, they don't ask a lot of questions. I used to have for my own business, Google AdWords, and it created a lot of people calling in the general public or writing the emails or text messages. And they just wanted to know what the price was for a survey. No other questions, no other information type boat, et cetera. You really have to, yeah. before you get a survey, call your surveyor, call a few of them, have a conversation Ask them, you know, what what do they charge and what are you getting for that cost? And and maybe ask them, would they do this? Will they do that? Some some are more go more into more depth on mechanical sides and engines. Others sh- tend to shy away from that. And so you, you really got to talk to your surveyor and see what his strong point, his or her strong points are, and and what you're paying for. There you go. All right, Matthew Knoll is our guest from KnollMarine.com. Check him out. He's a marine surveyor. We're learning together right here on The World of Boating. More next. You're listening to The World of Boating Radio Network. This is the World of Boating. Greg, your first mate, Captain Patrick, Mike the Mariner, and Matthew Knoll from KnollMarine.com. He is a independent marine surveyor. Uh, check him out on the web. And I assume, Matthew, there's independent uh, surveyors and there's ones that are more corporate that are working for different entities than yourself. It just And it'd be better to go independent, I'm guessing. Well, you, you'd back me up on this or what? What do you think? Absolutely. That is true. But the non-independent ones generally focus on uh, bigger super yachts and and uh, high, higher profile insurance type things. So most of the folks that uh, our listeners are probably going to come across will be independents, most likely. Got it. Yeah. Now, the the things that uh, some that uh, Matthew has highlighted that he's found on surveys, you know, that cost of the survey can be mitigated because if and you hope there is nothing is found, but if there are items that are found that puts the buyer in a in a really strong negotiating position with the seller that either 
you need to address these issues before I take delivery or going to negotiate a lower price and Mm -hmm. I'll take care of them on my end. Right, Matt? Yes, that's definitely true. Yeah, fix it or I'm walking. I think that's in the art of the deal. Now, Mike's (laughs) had his share of surveys done. Mike, you have anything? Mike, what do you say? Surveys are uh, absolutely crucial. I mean, I I absolutely uh, believe in them. Um, I will say that, you you know, you can still come away with surprises because not everything is visible even during a survey. Um, I don't know how long um, a survey should take, but the survey I had on the on my last vessel was an all day affair. Yeah. Uh, what What do you think about that, Matthew? Is it It just depends on the size of the vessel, I assume, right? It It depends on the size of the vessel, the type of vessel, the age of the vessel, and how it's been maintained. Mm-hmm. Um, if the owner, it, say some of these some larger liveaboards with their sailor power, if they've got lockers full of stuff and a lot of aftermarket add on equipment and installations, those surveys take the longest. Uh, a modern center console with uh, that's that's factory everything. We got to take a quick break. We'll be back with Matthew uh, Noel, Marine Surveyor. Next, stay close. You're listening to the World of Boating Radio Network. Looks like one ship was saved today, a relationship. This is the World of Boating. Greg, your first mate, Captain Patrick, Mike the Mariner, and Matthew Knoll from KnollMarine.com. He's an independent marine surveyor. And uh, Matthew, we appreciate you taking the time. You, you got time to hang for a few more minutes? I mean, uh, absolutely. yeah, Patrick is just like ecstatic. I mean, we're all mm-hmm. ecstatic that you're willing to talk to us first off. That usually doesn't happen. Usually our guests have hung up on us by now. So we, <laughs> we just appreciate you, you hanging uh, because this is really important information. And uh, since we have a professional for once when it comes to marine sur- surveying, we figured, what the heck, let's, uh, let's dive deeper. Right, well, Patrick? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 incredibly important because that money that you're getting ready to spend, and honestly, I, if you think you're getting a deal on a five thousand dollar boat, you know, um, or you think you're getting a deal on a on a you know on a seventy five thousand dollar boat or whatever it is, it's what is your pain tolerance <laughs> for financial loss, and not only that. What you don't want to do, and we've had stories like this in the past where somebody is, it, they, they bought a boat and they put it in the water and they're moving down the East Coast and, and the it boat sank. sinks. Yeah. yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, and it's good. something that would have been found on a survey and it wasn't, you know, it was a, whether it was a structural issue or, you know, there was a leak at the transom, something like that. Yeah, Matthew, I got to yeah. say, have you ever done a survey and say, hey, you don't want this boat? It has a hole in it. That's never happened. It's never been <laughs> Not, that obvious. That- <laughs> Nothing that glaringly obvious. It's right. usually, you know, hey, here's a boat and, and here's a long list of maintenance things that it needs. Mm-hmm. Do you really, is this what you're wanted to sign up for? Because you usually have a buyer that's really excited, wants to go boating, 
and you got to explain to them, you know, you're buying a project. You're not going voting next week. Right. Or if you do, you're right. going to end up broke down somewhere. What about uh, specifics or, or, or like something you consistently see? Is there any particular element on a boat when you're doing a survey? Like this is your go-to thing. You always look at it this first because this is a, a common problem, especially when it comes to maybe a used vessel. Or it just really depends on the model, make, and size and all that kind of stuff. What do you think? It really depends, but I find hoses are are notorious. A lot of dry rotten hoses blow the waterline. They're really difficult to change, really difficult to access, and people just ignore them. And that's how boats sink. And followed behind that is electrical things that are modified. That's how you get you end up with fires. And those are both you know bad situations. And and. Matthew, I know you and I have probably both encountered this, and the one thing that we hate dealing with, I know from a service end, probably you from a, a survey end, are waste systems, but they are crucial you know, in boats that have them. Now, wait a minute. Hold on. Uh, be honest with me, Matthew. You really don't know how uh, good your surveyor is unless he comes back covered with crap all over him, right? <laughs> I don't know about that, you know, but... but uh you know yeah, you're that, getting your money's worth at least if oh, they that's do definitely that. if he comes Absolutely. back covered that's the boat you don't want yeah that's that's yeah, not a surveyor yeah. trick or anything you guys just rub stuff all over you to no make it we, look- we don't rub <laughs> okay. stuff over us I'm just <laughs> but but yeah. it is one of those things because oftentimes you know customers boats have sat for a long time and the, the head system hasn't gotten used or uh, you know you the, uh, uh, from a service end i'm sure matt you know, on a survey end you've walked into a boat that's been sitting for a while and you know immediately that that waste tank hasn't been pumped out in six months Woo! Mm-hmm. don't go in there yep. that kind of <laughs> that's, thing. that is that's true yeah and, and it's one of those things that's tough to fully troubleshoot during a, a short survey <laughs> yeah, you know it is. you, you want to explain to the customer hey i'm in here using the head i'll be 15 more minutes you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. But it's really important that during a survey like that, that you exercise all the systems. And that's what we did. We turned everything on. We found the pressure vessel to my domestic water was bad. So we replaced that before I took delivery of the boat. Um, Now, there are some things that we went through on my survey that uh, were not, that the problems occurred immediately after I took delivery of the boat that you could not visually see, like the, the exhaust silencer, for instance, that I mentioned earlier. Hmm. But um, you definitely uh, you need to, to go through all the systems and, and exercise them. Matthew, what about the strangest thing you've come across on a survey? Have you ever had one of those instances like, wow, how the hell did this happen? Um, come, there, there's a few, but, but, the, the, but the one that jumps to mind right away is uh, termites. Mm, you know, you yeah. don't expect to find termites <laughs> on your boat, but I've, I've found several with termites. I've had those and, phone uh, calls. That yeah, can't be and, good. and the owners usually have no idea, and they're generally just in plain view in some locker crawling up the corner, hmm. and uh, it usually makes for a sour deal. Yeah, I would imagine so. Yeah, if you got termites, it's the same as a home, isn't it? You're like, ah, oh, no, I'm not going to do this. I'm it, sorry. It's worse. You got damage. It's 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 worse because in a boat, I mean, you could tear out your your drywall, you know, and go and do some repair work. Mm-hmm. A boat, I mean, if it, we're down in the floors or in the if it's wood stringers encapsulated with fiberglass, you got a problem. Yeah, but Matthew, yeah, surely uh, when you get hired as an independent, you know, marine surveyor. Your customers, your clients, you, you really want to go back w- to them with good news, I would imagine, don't you? Do you hate like going with them and say, hey, man, I'm sorry, but you're getting screwed here, buddy? 
You, you want to go back and say, hey, the, you're getting a great deal, don't you? The, the, the best case scenario is when the buyer is there with the surveyor, yeah. and we can sh- walk them through the boat and show them as we're going along. Mm-hmm. That allows the buyer to kind of make their own opinion and conclusion, and it's not so much a surveyor giving good or bad news necessarily. Mm, okay. you know, Because everybody has different expectations as to what is good and bad and what's nice and not so nice. And so try and take a, a neutral view of that, and he- here's the facts, here's what works, here's what doesn't, here's what's damaged or isn't. And, and let that person take, uh, take their own position on that. But unfortunately, yeah, at the end of the survey day, you usually have frustrated brokers, a buyer with a brain full of information that he's not sure how to handle. Right. And, uh, and everybody's usually hungry because we work through lunch. So mm-hmm. everybody's getting hangry <laughs> and uh, everybody's sweaty. <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, it, it makes for a kind of a tense overall situation, but it is definitely an important part of the, of the buying process. Do you uh, refrain also- from making comments throughout the survey or, or I mean, do you like, mm, ah, you make weird, weird noises like, oh, ooh, or you see how expressions on your face or you try to, you know, play a poker face the entire thing? You know, I think that's a, that's a, depends on each individual. I, I, I probably don't make too many expressions generally. I'm a pretty neutral guy, I think. Um, and, and I've seen Poker. some pretty strange stuff. So, so my, uh, it takes a lot to make my facial expressions change. Okay. But, uh, but I, no, I try and, I try and show the client if they're willing to come along and they, uh, they seem to want to learn. I try and show them as I'm going along that what, way. What about the seller though? Like, are they uh, allowed to be there while you're doing this too? And they go, oh, Absolutely. no, ignore that, ignore that. That's not no big deal. Well, no, because you, the seller hasn't hired them. I know. Well, that's so, what I'm saying. You know, yeah, but the seller you, can, usually they're there. Yeah. You, in a lot of cases, they're there. And mm-hmm. um, sometimes they can be kind of annoying. Sure. You know, they're doing exactly that, trying to dismiss potential issues. You'll see and, something, you, know, and you go, oh, no, no, don't ignore that. Look at this over here. This is brand new. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, yeah. so, or, you know, instead of waiting until, you know, for, for a seller – Instead of waiting for you to have a potential buyer and hire a marine surveyor, for a seller to hire a marine surveyor and have the boat, the vessel inspected, so you know any deficiencies are noted, can be repaired, and you've got kind of that home inspection report or you got that surveyor report. Again, the the potential buyer may still have a surveyor come in, but at least you know getting ahead of that curve. That's that's how I would approach it. Hmm. That, that's a great idea. If you're not a very hands-on boater. That's definitely a good idea. If you rely on your service vendors and, and kind of third parties, then having a survey initially will lead to less surprises on the day of the, or on the, day of the actual buyer survey. Like it. All yeah. right. Well, that's the, you know, this is just great uh, information. You know, and uh, do you like your job, by the way, Matthew? I assume you do. I love my job. It's the only only thing I've ever done is boats. It's the only thing I seem to know how to do. Okay, so that's why I do it. And he was like he me. was a little surprised when I had him at the factory because he didn't realize the size up to that we built. And then I took him over into the yacht building, and even though that thirty eight uh, uh, center helm uh, was kind of in your ballpark, I mean, it's t- the type of boating that you do, you know, I it, it think it definitely came as a bit of a surprise that man, you guys build these too. Hmm. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's, it's cool. I get this. I try to go to boat shows, but in the past few years, boating boats have really advanced a lot with features, uh, sea keeper, different, a lot of different options, making their way into smaller boats and a lot of technology making their way into smaller boats. And it's truthfully really tough for a surveyor to keep up with all this information and technology. And the bulk of my work, I don't get to see the brand new boats. I get to see 
the boats that are 30 to 10 to 30 years old, mm-hmm. whether they've been damaged or whether that's what's selling. So it's really neat to see what's brand new on the market in the build stages. That's not something I get the opportunity to do every day. Oh, there you go. Well, that and going fishing, which is what you need to get to uh, now, Matthew. We appreciate you being on the World of Boating, uh, com. Matthew, thank you so much, man. Great stuff. Thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. Thank you. There you go. And we got more coming up right here um, as we navigate the latest boating news and information and just talk about stuff to annoy Patrick. That's coming up next on the World of Boating. You're listening to the World of Boating Radio Network. Be an explorer in the other two-thirds of your world. Be the buddy who takes the kids in the aquarium instead of just to it. Be adventurous. Be amazed. Be a diver. Traffic sucks, unless you're scuba diving with Mike Scott. Mike glanced down at his dive computer. It showed less than 50 PSI left in his tank. Probably just a few more breaths. Or riding shotgun in a thrilling car chase. One bullet hit the Jeep's windshield, spiderwebbing the passenger side. Mike shifted into second gear and felt the Jeep leap forward. This just got serious. Escape your commute with audiobooks from author Eric Douglas. Download to your phone. Go to booksbyeric.com or audible.com. Hosting a radio show about scuba diving and boating is one of the best gigs on the planet. It's actually part of my job to check out and report on cool new products I personally use to enhance my diving and boating adventures. However, I do believe in sharing the joy, and this is why we've added Nanook protective hard cases to our list of products you can now purchase on the merchandise page at scubaradio.com. Nanook cases are designed to protect the most sensitive equipment in the harshest environments. Underwater photographers, listen up. From their high-impact NK seven resin to their exclusive power claw latches nanook has raised the bar for those of you that demand the best protection for your gear plus nanook protective cases cost less than similar products currently on the market the company has been around for over 15 years but it's new to the u.s so we've made a small number of nano cases available exclusively for you at a special introductory price on the merchandise page at scubaradio.com go there now and check out nanook the evolution of protection successfully navigated the sea of commerce and now are clear to cruise with the world of boating i do like the one the radio show devoted exclusively to the boating lifestyle the sun the sea air good friends brought to you by worldofboating.com your internet portal for the boating enthusiast what the hell are those yard birds doing in my boat This is the World of Boating. Greg, your first mate. Captain Patrick, Mike the Mariner, rounding out the crew as we navigate the latest boating news and information. All right, I think we're uh, equipped. We had them uh, survey the World of Boating. 
And uh, Matthew gave us two thumbs up. I don't know what kind of rating system he uses in general. We should have asked him that. Is it a thumbs up system or is it a number system? I think it's a boat in stages. So it shows a full boat on the water, Mm -hmm. a boat partially sinking. Yeah, a boat, uh, <laughs> and, and, artificial <laughs> reef. and then and then just the tip of the bow sticking out of the water, and then right. you make your decision based off that. Where and, where are we on on that spectrum? We're we're down below. Oh we're, no, we're we're fully we're afloat go, and moving forward. We're gonna me. dive okay. the world of boating boat here uh, next hour and with scuba radio probably. But you know, um, Matthew and and Mike as well, they bring up a really great point, which is you know, when you're having the survey done. It, it it then, despite the report and the information in it, the buyer still has a decision to make, you know, yes. and oftentimes it's like, ah, oh, yeah, you know, it's a, I'm getting a great deal. And right. you, you don't really, I had a, a call this week, a guy, it's like, man, this is an eight year old boat and it's only mm-hmm. got 80 hours on it, but there's a transom leak. I said, transom leak yeah. where? And turned out it was, I, I told him right where to look, which was at the Y pipe. There's an O-ring gasket there where the Y pipe mounts to the transom assembly. I said, that's the most yeah. likely spot, you know, unless, you know, a bolt has broken or something like that, which yeah. is not common. And they had to pull the engine, of course. You got to pull the drive, pull the engine to get down there, pull the Y pipe, and found that. And then it turned out that, because I had suggested that, listen, while you got the engine, have them do a compression check on the engine. You know, everything yeah. is accessible. It's, you know, it's on a, it's on a hoist at that point and had two right. cylinders. Uh, one was 150, the other one was 170. Everything else was like 200, 205. Yeah. And it's like, I did that. I, I, I did the compression check and I, I firmly believe in that. My boat's 20 years old, so I definitely, uh, and I was there for the survey, uh, and the surveyor that, that I hired uh, was calling out things through the process of the survey, which I thought was good. Um, but, uh, yeah, absolutely. Engine compression test, that's a must. Uh, yeah, but it also sure. goes to, it. you know, whether it's got 80 hours on it, 10 hours on it, or it's got you know, a thousand hours on it, just because it's got low hours doesn't mean that you're not going to have any problems or that there's not a hidden problem. Oh, actually, it could be the, the exact opposite. Of, right. You know, a, 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 an old boat with very, very few hours is scarier to me than a boat with yes, it is. a lot of hours. I've got a thousand hours on my boat, right at a thousand. Mm. Um, and, um, you know, the, the engines still run like a sewing machine. Everything is good, but it had a reasonable number of hours on it when I bought it. It, didn't, it wasn't super low, wasn't super high. But you look so at service pretty- re- you look at service records, and then you look mm-hmm. at the overall cleanliness, especially in an engine compartment or an engine room, mm-hmm. and how well has it been maintained? Because if there's a if there's a visible water line, you know that's there, or yeah. if it's if you've got that cracked, uh, oily uh, residue on the bilge floor, if Gooey there's mess. a bunch of surface yeah. rust and corrosion, yeah. mm-hmm. yeah. you know. It's it's well, a sign well, I, that it's there could be an issue there, right? And I have an example of that. I have a friend that uh, bought a boat uh, that was older, seventeen year old, uh, I believe it was a Carver, and the boat um, had very very low hours. And for two years, he battled terrible corrosion problems in his gas tanks because there was moisture in the gas tanks because the boat sat so long. And um, I don't know how many times he had to clean the strainers. Uh, on that vessel, um, actually, that was the vessel that I helped move down to um, Panama Fort Fort. No, not Panama. Oh. Down to uh, 
Fort uh, Myers last year. Yeah, he went through. Uh, remember, we, we went across the Okeechobee Waterway. And yeah, I, you guys were chain, uh, monitoring the oil filter or the fuel filter. Well, the, the sea strain, the, the yeah. Uh, fuel strainer. Yeah, uh, we we kept having to clean the fuel strainer because that problem still was still pretty. He had owned the boat for two years at that point, but when he bought it, it had sat for for, for uh, quite some time. But yeah, look, an old boat with very low hours is just as scary as a as a boat with super high hours. And if if you don't pay attention to anything I've said, pay attention to this, please. If you're, if you're interested in buying a boat, you've got pictures of it, don't go on Facebook and go to these boat boater forums and, hey, what do you guys think? Look, man, you're not, if they're going to tell you what you want to hear, you're going to pick and choose through those comments. Get a surveyor. Have them go through it, mm-hmm. you know. Well, hey, do that. Does, does this look normal to you? Oh yeah, man, no problem. You can handle that. And, we'll you know. do both. You can do both. No, stay stay <laughs> away from Facebook and those those boater forms because I monitor those things and the questions that come across there are not all of them are ridiculous, but there's a large number of them that are yeah. ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Well, and when you're just buying like, a boat, it's already an emotional event, right? You, you know, you're all keyed up because hey going to buy this boat and i'm really excited about it and and some of your objectivity kind of goes away and if you feed that with your friends you know uh uh, encouraging you to go get that boat you might make a mistake and get a a boat that you you wish you hadn't bought that's right because they want you to get the boat so they have a boat to go out on exactly that they don't own or have to maintain themselves (laughs) right that's the best kind of boater he's a friend of a (laughs) A boat owner. The best kind of boater is a boater. Yeah, but, I mean, if you know somebody like Mike, for instance, who has a boat, knows how to run it, he's the best friend in the world. I love you, Mike. I love you, man. (laughs) That explains a lot. All right. On that note, we'll wrap it up till next time. Remember, whether it's sail or motor, life is better. Life is better. As as a a boater. boater. Safe boating, everyone. World of Boating is brought to you by worldofboating.com, your internet portal for the boating enthusiast. Any of this getting through to you, son? World of Boating is a production of Overboard Entertainment Incorporated. Computer standing by. Remember, you can listen live or to archives of past shows worldwide over the internet at (gasps) worldofboating.com. Computers can do that? So tell a friend and come aboard every week for the World of Boating. This is so great. I can't wait. I'm getting goosebumps. Feel me. Feel me. The radio show devoted exclusively to the boating lifestyle. TTFN, ta-ta for now. The opinions you just heard on the world of boating are those of the hosts, callers, and guests. They are not necessarily those of any station or network, its management, or advertisers. What are you being such a weenie for? While on the water, your safety and the safety of many others depends on you. So boat smart and operate your vessel only after receiving the proper training and instruction for your area. There is a fine line between genius and madness. Have any questions or comments? Feel free to do so via the web at worldofboating.com. 